A healthy rainy day fund helps you weather life's storms. In today's episode, we move beyond theory and see how emergency savings helped our guest leave a toxic workplace in the rearview mirror. Welcome to the Wallet Win Podcast. Each week, we take a look at a different piece of the personal finance puzzle. I'm Jonathan Texera. And I'm Amanda Texera. We're your guides on your journey to getting out of debt, building wealth, and changing the world through generosity. Here we go. You can get a quick boost for your rainy day fund with our free guide, 17 Genius Ideas to Make $500 in 5 Days. Download your copy in today's show notes at walletwin.com slash 12. Good morning, everybody. Happy to be here. My name is Tori Dunlap, and I run Victory Media, which is a personal finance and career platform for millennial women. Thank you for being with us on the podcast today. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So, so can you give us a little context, Jonathan, of how this meeting came to be? Sure, sure. So so I, I attended FinCon in September, a bunch of financial, I don't know, bloggers and people and Nerds. companies. Finance geeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. People <laughs> nerd out about that stuff. Um, and so I was one of them. Tori was another one of them, about 2,000 of us. And uh, I was just randomly interviewing people. Um, so that'll be on a future episode. Uh, but I uh, had a little sign on the back of, com- of my computer saying, can I interview for my podcast? And Tori uh, came up and said, yes. And I said, how about right now? And we started talking. And as we were talking about just kind of general uh, questions about finance, this story came out uh, about her emergency savings and how important it was in her life. And I mm. wanted to have her on. Um, Do a little deep dive on that? Individually, yeah, because we – it's. It's so easy to go, oh, yeah, yeah, I need emergency savings. Sure, sure, sure. Rainy day fund, that is probably a good thing to have. But there's, there's, it's real-life stories. Like, you know, it's, it's like, stuff is going to happen right. in people's lives. And so I just thought uh, her story is a really good example of, uh, of the emergency savings saving the day. Awesome. I can't wait to hear the details. Yeah. Cool. Do you want me to launch right into it? I can launch right into it. Yeah. <laughs> la- I mean, yeah, launch into it. Uh, say anything about emergency savings you want to beforehand, but yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. I mean, that's the number one thing I tell every client I work with, all of my friends is that before you're paying off debt, before you're saving for a down payment on a house, before you're doing any of that, like you need some sort of emergency savings just to cover life really. So I almost a year to the day I took a job that I knew I wouldn't love and that my gut was not a fan of. My gut was telling me not to take it. Mm-hmm. And I took it for the money. Yes, that was that's how we got onto this. One of my yes. questions was, what was the what's one of the biggest financial mistakes you've made? Ooh. And she goes, I took a job for the money. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So at the end of the day, jobs are about money, right? Mm-hmm. If they stopped paying you, you wouldn't go. <laughs> but um, it's also where you spend eight plus hours of your time five days a week Mm -hmm. with people hopefully that you like and respect and who like and respect you back. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I got into this job, knew it wasn't right for me, took it anyway, because I was able to negotiate $20,000 more than what they were offering. Uh, yeah. You're back about how to negotiate. (laughs) I do love a good negotiation. So (laughs) talk about that all day long too. But, um, Yeah, long story short, I got into this job and realized very quickly that it was a horrible, really unhealthy work environment. Mm. Um, A week and a half in, my boss called me into her office, made me cry, and for 45 minutes told me that she was worried she was going to regret hiring me. Oh, Holy moly. And 
that sort of hey, <laughs> wow. the next 10 weeks. So yeah, it got to the point where, um, I knew I had to quit and, uh, the biggest like personal finance no no you can make is quitting a job without another one lined up. But mm-hmm. I knew I had to. Um, it was just I was crying myself to sleep. It was just not healthy. It was ruining every other piece of happiness in my life. Yeah. Um. So ended up having to quit that job. Um. Actually, early this year. So I spent the first three months of 2018 unemployed, mm-hmm. which uh, I was able to do because I had emergency savings. So I was able to have the freedom to say, I don't want to be in this job anymore. I have six months living expenses while I find another job and while I you know, can do some freelance work and that sort of thing in order to pay my rent, pay my groceries, all of that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So without that emergency savings, I would have just had to suck it up and either, you know, she was probably going to fire me. Um, so it was either wait until that happened or just like, really, really try to win her over, which was not going to happen. So <laughs> the nice thing was that I had, I had, uh, you know, a, a really robust emergency fund where I could make decisions um, about my life and my own happiness. And so I hear this all the time. I have, you know, friends who move in with a significant other and their relationship turns sour, but like physically, you know, they can't move because they don't have emergency savings or Mm -hmm. they haven't budgeted for their own apartment or whatever that looks like. So if you're in an unhealthy situation, whether it's in a relationship, like I was in a job or just something happens, your car breaks down, an unexpected medical bill, like having a rainy day fund is so, so important to just being able to live your life without stress. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I like what you said about how it gave you the freedom. I think a lot of people, you know, it almost feels like, ah, savings, it's like going to put me out, it's going to restrict sure. me. But it's actually the opposite. Savings will mm-hmm. set you free when you need it. It's like the parachute yeah. that you wish you built before you <laughs> jumped. Before you jumped out of <laughs> Trust yeah. me, yeah, you don't want to build that thing on the way down. Yeah. Well, life happens, right? Things come up. It's just, it's going to happen. Like emergencies are going to happen at some point. Mm -hmm. And for me as a personal finance person, it was hard to say, okay, I'm going to use these emergency savings actually for an emergency. Mm. Yeah. Like that was Yeah, Yeah, because you you train, at least for me, you know, we found like you can't, you kind of train yourself. It's like, no, that's not an emergency. I don't need to touch it right now. This is for real emergencies. And then you have one. And it is kind of crazy to be like, oh, 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 I can use it. I'm supposed to break the glass right now and pull that thing out. Yeah. It takes a little like psyching up. Exactly. Do it. I know that personally in our marriage, whenever emergencies would pop up for the first several years, we'd just find other ways to cover it, you know? Yeah. Sell something, Mm -hmm. pick up an extra shift or whatever it was we would do to not touch the emergency savings. But then, you know, a similar story, Jonathan lost his job a little over a year ago. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, we were kind of staring down at the bank account thinking, oh my gosh, I think that it's time to actually... Hit the button. Hit the button. But oh my gosh, I'm so thankful we have a button. Yeah. Because we've we've talked about it time and time again. We never would have been able to start a business without emergency savings. And like what you were saying, it it gives you options. It lets you live your life uh, according to your hopes and dreams and desires and not to the whims and suppression of a boss. Yeah. If you're unhappy there. Yeah. And it was so unhealthy. 
like it was it was just not happening it was just a really unsupportive work environment where I was scared every day to like even see her. I, mm. I was feeling relieved when she was gone traveling for work. Uh, <laughs> she would like come near my desk and it was just, I like my entire body. It was like a bodily reaction of mm. just like a ball of anxiety. Right. And then I'd go home and be so scared of getting fired. And that was the other thing too, is I realized again, emergency savings helped with this where at the at the time it seemed it seemed wow oh, you can tell it's still morning <laughs> it seemed like the end of the world um, mm-hmm. where it was just it was I was like oh my gosh I'm gonna get fired or I'm gonna have to quit this job after only ten weeks and and now I look back on it that's just a blip in life's radar and it was able to be that because mm-hmm. I had this emergency you know savings in order to give me right. like you said the freedom to to make a different choice. Yeah. Let's talk about had you not had any of the savings at all. Yeah. What would you uh, have done? That's a great question. I I would have had to probably stick it out. Hmm. Um and what kind of toll I, do you think that would have had on you? I was in a position where like I I had been warned that I was on the chopping block mm. because it was, it was, yeah, things that were out of my control that got pinned on me. And it was a bunch of, it was a bunch of things. So yeah. I, I, part of the anxiety I felt was because I had this cloud hanging over me of, will she fire me? Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say what would have happened. Um, but literally the day I quit, I had just built this huge website for her, which was not part of my job description, not what I knew how to do. I'm a digital marketer. I didn't know how to build an e-commerce website uh, and was given no training to learn how to do so. So I had to train myself. This was like the sleepless nights. I was working like Christmas Eve when I was with mm. my parents to make sure that this website was up. Um, it was, yeah, not fun. So I ended up building it, built it on time. Um, much to her, I think, surprise and almost dismay. <laughs> she was like expecting me to fail, almost wanting me to fail. Mm. So I get it done and I walk into her office. The, like I get it done at 8.30 and walk in at 10. And before she says anything, she goes, are you leaving or are you staying? Wow. And I was like, I think it's in our best interest if I were to leave. Um, mm. So she kind of, you know, it was either we're going to stick it out and I guess right. we're going to figure out something or she kind of knew, I think that right. like this was not working out for either. <laughs> so ended up leaving. Yeah. Quitting that the day on a Thursday. And then she's like, great, your last day will be tomorrow. Okay. And I've never okay. felt such relief. So I couldn't tell you like what hypothetically wouldn't have happened or it would have happened, but I think I, yeah, I would not have had the freedom to, to just quit or yeah. it would have been 6,000 times more stressful yes. to mm-hmm. find a job. And the nice thing was, is that I had enough time to find a job that I really loved at a company I believed in with yeah. a manager that was awesome. I didn't have to just take the first job offer yeah. that, mm-hmm. that went my way because I was leaving this unhealthy environment. I don't want to race into another unhealthy environment <laughs> because I'm forced to, yeah. right? just going to put me in the same position I was. So I had enough time, not only, you know, I had the luxury to leave, which was fantastic. And then also be able to make an informed, thoughtful decision about where I wanted to be next. Yeah. Cause I had, I had time. Yep. I think, I mean, we've seen this story play out in so many situations and it seems like 
had you not had the emergency savings, it probably would have meant either sticking it out. And then, gosh, what kind of, I mean, we often underplay the effects of stress in our life and how that can ripple over years on our Mm. health and our relationships. So there's certainly a cost there, financial and emotional and physical. Uh, So that would have been a frustrating option, but people have to do it. Or you would have quit because you couldn't do it anymore. And then you would have had to live off credit cards and rack up even additional stress. It's like yeah. those are the two extremes that I so often mm-hmm. see or, you know, move back in with parents or whatever. Take, yeah, yeah, take some junk job because it's yeah. the one that's going to be there and I need to pay my rent or buy food or whatever it is. So and then, then you, 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 again, you, it maybe it's hopefully wouldn't have been as unhealthy, but uh, not a great fit. And still kind of more stress and, and just kind of general anxiety. You wouldn't have been able to get to the spot where you can, you know, found a, a great fit and work that's really kind of bringing you alive. Right. Totally. So it seems and I'm, it's- I'm really close with my family and I had a conversation with my parents. They were like, you're not moving back home. And I'm like, I don't want to back home to her. I'm like, we're all on the same page here. <laughs> I sold my kidney before I moved back home. I love you dearly. But... Um, so we, ha- we were having those sorts of conversations. I'm an only child. I'm really close with my parents and they didn't want me to quit. Like yeah. they were, they were really worried for me, mm. but they knew I had emergency savings. They yeah. know my finances pretty well. And so they knew I was going to be fine at least for, you know, I think I had enough. If I stretched it probably enough for nine months, which yeah. was a pretty, pretty good chunk of change. So, yeah, definitely. um, so yeah, they were definitely worried. We had that conversation though. And they're like, you know, if absolute worst comes to worst, like, right. we're not going to, like, you know, yes. make you live on the street. But they're like, really, this isn't an option. And I'm like, great. It's not an option for me either. I'm like, we're <laughs> on the same picture. Right. But the other thing, not only the stress that I was I was experiencing while I was at the job, but I, I was a very, still am, you know, I'm a confident person, confident in my abilities, confident that, you know, I do good work. And she stripped me of every mm. piece of confidence I had. Mm. Um, and I, you know, failed in choosing a job that was right for me. Like I, you know, I had a failure and I, I own up to it and I talk about it publicly and I'm totally fine with doing that. But that failure made me feel like a failure. Hmm. Like it's yeah. two different things between failing and feeling like a failure. And she hmm. made me feel like a failure oh, of gosh, like, I'm yeah. quitting this job. I couldn't hack it. I, you know, is it my work performance? She's telling me, you know, basically I'm awful and can't do anything right. So I'm still dealing with the ramifications of that. Mm. Like anytime I make a mistake at work now, I'm mm. like, they're going to fire me. They're going to fire me. Or anytime somebody goes into a meeting that doesn't include me, this little tiny voice in the back of my head is like, they're talking about you. Mm. They're talking about mm. you and your work performance and something's going to happen to you. And so I'm still dealing with the ramifications emotionally right. of that. And um, another coworker of mine also left a really bad job experience. So we've been talking cause she has the exact same fears. She's going through the exact same thing where, yeah, somebody goes into a meeting without her and her brain starts just going a mile a minute. So it's not only the stress that you feel in the job, but like for me, at least it had, it's, it's had lasting ramifications. Unfortunately, um, I'm a lot better than where I was a couple months ago, but it's, you know, it's yeah. still not easy. It's going to take time to heal. And yeah. have you, so now that you've, you've gotten the other job, was it a priority to you to kind of replenish what you had taken from the emergency savings? Mm. Yeah. So I had a, uh, I still have a really robust savings goal. Um, 
I don't know if I've talked about it publicly on a podcast, but I'm rebranding, so I may as well. I am trying to save six figures by the end of my 25th year. Wow. So mm. that is my, so I was on track to hit it by 25, like by my 25th birthday. Um, but when you're not only making, not making money, but you're also spending you money that you already have, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help. But I'd quit a million times over, so I'm not upset about it. Um, right. But yeah, probably my first priority once I got into this new job was replenishing that savings. And I didn't, I didn't use all of it. I probably use half of it, maybe a third of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just going back and replenishing those savings and yeah, just figuring out like financially where I was because I also moved at that time and mm. my rent went up almost double. Oh yeah. So ended up having, yeah, to, to move out of my really awesome cushy place that I got for really cheap and into my own apartment. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that was my rent. Yeah. It pretty much doubled. So that was also part of the financial equation was right when I moved, that was like March, beginning of March. And I found my job later in March. So it ended up working out, but yeah, that was also kind of in the back of my head was, okay, we replenished the savings, but also we're spending more on rent. So how is that going to affect it, mm -hmm. um, right. affect the percentage I can sock away? Wow, that is a powerful story. Yeah. As you're, as you're telling, we did not go into this much detail before, so this was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Um, as you're going through it, I mean, you, you're talking about, you know, this job uh, and the experience with this heck of a boss. Um, yeah kind of, you know, sapped you of your confidence and all that stuff. But as you're telling the story, as you're like, yep, I was in this, I was in this crappy job and I quit and I did this and I had the time. And I, I like all I could, all I heard was like confidence and like this lady knows what she's mm -hmm. doing and she has some <laughs> stuff put together. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking about it and I go, and the finances are a piece of that. Certainly, it's not all about the money and, and all that. You can certainly, you know, have confidence and everything if your bank account's a wreck. But, like... It's a whole lot harder. Yeah, it's a whole <laughs> lot harder. And it's definitely, a, it's a whole lot easier, maybe, if if it's if your money's together to kind of find some of that confidence and, and make the good decisions for yourself and all that. And so, I just see, like, the whole thing, everything you're talking about, it's like, so much of the story would have been so different would have yeah. would have would be uh, just uh, just uh, probably a crappier story if you didn't have your finances figured out um, and and have that emergency savings yeah. for the day you hope doesn't happen but it's probably going to um, and just uh, mm -hmm. yeah just I mean goodness I mean, statistics are I think that what Americans will experience a negative financial Im uh, situation like every ten years on average something yeah. that has the potential to completely wreck them. It yeah. just, you know, and if we're not prepared for it, because a lot of people, it's like, oh, okay, it's been nine years or whatever. I don't, I'm fine. And they, you yeah. know, and then something happens in the 12th year or whatever. On mm -hmm. average, it's every decade and life will happen. And I think it, the other statistic is that, um, what is it? 60% of Americans couldn't even afford a $500 emergency yeah. without mm -hmm. using a credit card, uh, to kind of get them through. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for being such a wealthy country, mm -hmm. truly, truly wealthy country, we are just blowing it in the savings game <laughs> because this yeah. instant gratification of like wanting to consume as much as we make. It's just a, ha a habit and mm -hmm. marketers and, you know, credit card companies, they've taken advantage of that and made it easier and easier to just spend everything that we make. And this, this habit 
that used to be part of generations past of saving Mm -hmm. and making sure you're covered. I mean, it's something that we, you know, I want to help more millennials make that a habit in their life so that they have the options when life happens. Mm -hmm. They have the freedom to weather the storms and not get kicked while they're down. Yeah. The other thing that I have to acknowledge too is that, you know, if you are in a different financial situation, Mm -hmm. if you are, you know, a parent, uh, sometimes, you know, a single parent, like I live in Seattle, our minimum wage here is the highest in the country. I believe we're at 1550. Mm. It may be higher than that now, but rent in Seattle is also crazy. So if you're working a minimum wage job and you have a family of however many, Mm -hmm. uh, you're not really going to be able to save like that money is just to live off of. So that's the other thing I think about, like savings in the situation of America right now. And I, I don't mean to, you know, this is not necessarily a political statement, but I think it's really difficult for, for, you know, a lot of people to be able to save that, you know, save any sort of money when they're just trying to feed their family and feed themselves. And then they're looking at, okay, I have to have three to six months emergency savings. Like to them, that's, that's insane because right. when you're looking at a mountain, right, you're like, how am I going to climb it? So it may take a while, but even like $10 a week, like is better than nothing of just like stocking away what you can. Um, I graduated college without student loan debt. And that was a privilege that I, that I fully acknowledge is, is a huge part of the reason why I was Mm. able to save the money I was able to save. Absolutely. I, you know, both worked my way through college and my parents helped. So I was able to graduate without this, you know, whopping pile of debt that was, you know, strapped on me at age 22. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of barriers to getting in the savings mindset when you're already like, well, I'm $30,000 behind, you know, like how do I even start moving forward? So my advice, if you're out there thinking that, which is most of my friends and, you know, I think the majority of Americans is that you just have to do what you can. Mm -hmm. Um, and emergency fund, you know, emergency savings, I think, should be the number one priority uh, before you start, you know, paying off that debt or saving for something else, because you just need that little bit of security, even if it's five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. That's better than than nothing. So just little incremental like savings, you know, weekly savings or monthly savings can really help. It may take a while, but at least you're making some sort of progress. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what's the fire under our butts is helping people precisely in that situation where they go, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. I know I I need to do something better. And so that's why we're here to help people out. And we actually teach that. Yeah. Inside our course wallet, when we go through the, the 10 money milestones, and the first one is kind of working on that, developing a healthy money mindset just you figure yeah, out your I, relationship with money why is it complicated what's what's coming in what's playing a role in it figure that out because a lot of times it, we know it's crazy it's a little weird but we don't know why yeah. so we just sit kind of it's like sit back think about your past think about your personality blah 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 get your head out of the sand figure out what's going on <laughs> with you and money then we talk about using s- your budget right budgeting but then that, your, that and next, then the first really concrete step that we ask people to yep. make is to get a starter rainy day fund because yeah. you've got to have the the tin shield as you if you're going to go into the storm and so and then we teach people how to save quickly you know a thousand dollars in less than a month even people that 
maybe are making the minimum wage or have a family because a lot of people we work with tend to be new yep. college grads and young families. And so we've been over backwards to try to find ways mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. them to to make that happen in a quick way, you know, even in a month or two mm-hmm. uh, through finding ways to boost their income because sometimes, yeah, they're not going to get the pay raise and they have to go to an outside source. source yeah, yeah, they've got to find it. But mm-hmm. But the confidence that that step alone gives people uh, is just massive. And then as they watch themselves make progress and eventually then fill that rainy day fund out, you know, as time goes on, mm-hmm. just again, every step of the way that confidence grows. And I just love to watch that transformation in people. And I think that that is really, you're right. It's hard to get into the savings mindset when it seems like it's just this never ending goal and I'm never going to get ahead. But once you get that taste of confidence under your Success. belt. Yeah. And you saw yourself had a goal, you met the goal, and then, you know, you saw life happened and then you saw that your smart choices allowed you to have options and experience freedom. Then it's almost like addictive. You just keep going because you want, you know, that these smart habits are really what are going to set you free and that just getting by is not really a path to freedom. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, Tori, you you made a really good point. It's like everybody's situation is going to be different. Everybody's path to a a brighter financial future is different. But I'd say everybody has a path. And figuring that out is is, uh, is, is kind of the, in some sense, the tricky part, but also the fun part and the part that's going to be rewarding. And so uh, I just want to thank you for coming on and sharing a piece of your path to a a good financial, I guess, even present uh, and future with us today. All right, so yeah, just tell us a little bit about where uh, where we can catch up with you. Yeah, so I am on victorymedia.com. My name is Tori, so victory is spelled with an I, V-I-C-T-O-R-I, media. Nice. Um, and all my social uh, platforms are linked there as well. So I always welcome questions or feedback. So my email's on there too. Drop me an email, and I'd love to, love to help you and chat with you. So victorymedia.com. Sweet, sweet. So we will have a link to that in the show notes. Thank you again, Tori, for coming on. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Wallet One Podcast. Thinking you'd like to increase your emergency savings? Get a quick $500 boost to your rainy day fund with our free download, 17 Genius Ideas to Make $500 in Five Days. Download it in today's show notes at walletone.com slash 12. Thanks for joining us today. You can learn more about this show and the Walletone program at walletone.com. Music in this episode's from Dylan Gardner. Listen to his new album, Almost Real, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. See you next week.